Thursday, April 22nd, 2010, upon further review, episode number 76. This week we talk about books, soda, and high school. No, it's not about bad memories of study hall. It's upon further review, and it's coming up right now. Okay, upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm And this is episode 76 of the show. How is everyone doing out there tonight? That was uh, the year I was born. That's right. And Clea, in fact, since the last time we did the show, has had a birthday. Yes. Clea has reached the age of 34 years old. That's right. She's 34 years old. And um, despite being sort of asking herself, asking me, which is what Clea normally does, how old am I again? You know, because she's either pretending not to remember I or, you I seriously know. forget. I have to do the math. <laughs> when I try to think of, when I have to give my age, I do the math in my head. You're like, I'm, uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, but she looks just as beautiful as ever. And um, she has, uh, like fine wine, Clea has gotten only better as, as she has aged. So welcome to everyone out there uh, listening to us. Uh, We've got three things on the docket for you tonight, as per usual. We're going to be starting out with a review of the Nook, the Barnes & Noble e-reader, which was basically produced as competition for the Kindle. I have a Nook, and so... um, I feel I feel I feel like there should be some kind of a like rap song of some kind. You know, it's like I have a man. What's your man got to do with me? It should be like I have, I have a, a nook. nook. What's your nook got to do with me? I have a nook. I'm not trying to hear that. See, I have a nook. I got a Kindle. You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 that sound you hear is the sound of geeks throughout the world. Like, what are you doing? Oh Go check this <laughs> Anyway, so we're gonna. Where review. did that name come from? Anyway, nook. The nook. I assume it's like I don't know. Like a. I, whenever I think of it's nook, I think of like They're cereal like, nook. You know, yeah. like that's what I think about, yeah. and I don't know. I, I don't. I don't okay. understand. Well, it's not important. Never mind. Yeah. And then what else will we be talking about? Uh, so we're going to start with that, and then we're going to move on to talk about the Soda Stream. This is a thing that we got about, I guess, about three weeks ago or so, mm-hmm. which is a carbonation, a home carbonation system where you can turn your regular still water into beautiful, refreshing, sparkling water. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Or soda. Or soda. Yes, for the you know more or pop if you want to be from the if you're western, from the west coast. From the west coast. And then last, or the Midwest. And then we're going to conclude by talking, we get the idea. Then we're going to conclude by talking about uh, the Fox hit show Glee, a show which Clea got me hooked on. She started it first, and now I'm pretty interested in it. And of course, she watched all of them during one marathon, and so I now have to catch up to her, you know, watching the next 10 episodes in a row. I'm fine watching them again with you. I said that. I'm sure you are. But as soon as we get past the last season of uh, Boston Legal and then the last season of Leverage, (laughs) then we'll be ready for Glee. Ready for Glee. And we'll do our review in 2040 of all those shows. No, no we've anyway, already reviewed all of them. No, I know. But I mean, like, you know, this, the sort of the nostalgic look back now I that see, we've had okay. a chance to see it. Uh, so we're going to finish up with that. Um, and that's the plan for the show tonight. Okay. All right. So we're going to start by looking at the Barnes & Noble Nook. And you can find this by going to Barnes & Noble, B-A-R-N-E-S-A-N-D-N-O-B-L-E dot com forward slash, or, I'm sorry, backslash Nook, N-O-O-K. 
And the Nook, as I said, is the Barnes & Noble e-reader competition to the Kindle. The Kindle really revolutionized the publishing industry a couple of years ago when it came out, in large part because it was something which made the process of downloading and reading books much easier than it had been in the past. There had certainly been e-book readers before. There had been readers even on the Palm uh, Pilots. I remember having one on an old iPad Compact, you know, or Compact iPad, I guess, way back in the day. But the problem was that all these things, first of all, were too small to sort of be practical. You know, I don't want to read three lines, scroll, three lines, scroll. And then the second problem was the screen. And that's really the big difference because Kindle and the Nook both use a technology called e-ink, which is not a lousy black and white LED screen, which is the way that some people like to think about it, don't know what it is. It's not that. It's actually a system in which the electrical charge simply um, atomizes or um, energizes the molecules on the screen so that it essentially assembles into the words on the page that you read. And what that means is that, number one, the battery um, lasts much longer, and number two, because it's only, you know, ever having to use the charge when the ink is first assembled on the page. And then the second thing is that it's much more of a natural reading experience. So it's not something, it's not backlit, and that's the whole point. Backlighting is not natural. It's not the way you're supposed to be reading something, and that's why the computer uh, screen is something which can really tire you out if you look at this for hours and hours a day. And I love, I've seen some people who have like, well, that's actually, you know, I don't understand why you're claiming it hurts your eyes, because it doesn't. Well, I'm claiming it because it's a fact. It's a medical fact that it will hurt your eyes and strain them over time, whereas the e-ink reader is a much more natural way of reading. And so the Kindle did this, really revolutionized things, and now the Nook comes along to sort of try to further revolutionize uh, the industry. And the big difference, I think, between the Amazon Kindle and the Nook that I notice, besides the fact that it looks much better, I mean, the Kindle very much looks like something that you just read a book on. You know, it's not the most sexy device that you would ever see. The Nook is a much more sort of sleek, modern-looking device, and the other big thing is that it has a color touchscreen on the bottom, and you actually use icons on the color touchscreen to affect the screen, the e-ink screen itself. And so in that regard, it's sort of a combination of touch technology and then actual e-ink reading technology. It also has free 3G, so it means that you can download these books from anywhere. So let's say you go into a Barnes & Noble and you find uh, you know, a book in the store that you're interested in. You can download it, look at it, read it, and then if you like it, buy it immediately. So it's really sort of tried to streamline the user user interface of reading. And isn't there one one of them that you can't read PDFs in, but this one you can? Uh, that's right. I'm not sure if Kindle can or not. I don't remember if it can, but I do know that's correct that this this is one of the few that does do that. I think the Sony reader doesn't allow PDFs either, and I don't believe. I'm not 100% sure about that, but you're right that the Nook is one of the few that does it. And the Nook basically supports a lot of different formats, with, I think, the exception of Word documents. I don't think the, you know, I don't think it actually does that. You know, there are some people who Why are like... Why wouldn't it do that? I know. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's funny. Some people were like, well, I think you can do it, or they will eventually have an application that allows you to. But there are some people like, well, I want to be able to do that, and then I want to be able to edit it. And I was like, guys, this is not a word processor. It's not a laptop. Get a laptop. Yeah, like, or get a netbook, you know, something which is even smaller than a laptop. But this is not that. This is just designed to read books. And even though they have a new update that just came out today or yesterday, um, we're recording this in late April, even though they just came out with this update, which supposedly adds like a very basic web browser, and it adds, I think, chess and Sudoku are the two games. So it's trying to slightly adjust the functionality. The true, It also has a little music player on there, by the way, I should have mentioned before, to play MP3 files. But all of those things are kind of bells and whistles. The I'm real- really starting to get to the point of what's the difference between a netbook, an iPad, a reader. I mean, as soon as... It's just like we keep going wanting this all-in-one, but then... 
I know. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to these things that aren't. I don't. Know. I know. Well, and I mean, you know, I think the iPad is trying to be all things to all people as an example of that. But I mean, in my case, the Nook is something that I'm just going to use to read because that's what it is. And well, I'm looking forward to when you get rid of all of our books. Well, that's a big part of it too. Is that one of the reasons I decided to do this? I had a friend who had um, a manuscript that uh, was in PDF form, and I didn't feel like sitting in front of my computer and reading it. Nor did I feel like printing out 250 some odd manuscript pages and carting it around with me. And that was sort of kind of reminded me of the larger point, which is I am obviously doing a lot of reading. I have to do that not only for my job, but for writing and so forth. And when you have to do things like go through um, your father's 5,000 book collection, which I had to do relatively recently, you start getting much less enamored with the whole, oh, but I love a library full of books. I love reading. I love writing. Obviously, it's a big part of my life. And there are some books which I wouldn't get rid of, like the original Hobbit that my father gave my mother that I now have. I mean, there are books like that, which Clea and I would not get rid of. But there are lots and lots of books that we all sort of accumulate that people give us as gifts that we're not really interested in or we read it once and we're like, eh, that's fine. Those are things which could better go to libraries or be sold well, or that be donated also, or even be recycled, I but s- carting them around. I see a similarity know? between the, the Nook and the SodaStream that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. Greg and I, we're not crunchy granola people, but we are trying to be a little bit more That's conscious of our carbon footprint. Yep. And so we, you know, we stopped using water bottles and we got the water filter. Mm-hmm. We were trying to, to decrease the amount of excess that we create, and it's excess to go out and buy a book and read it, and then you're done with it. And I do the library, which I'm fine with, but some people don't like doing that because you have to wait till you get the book that you request, and then you have only a certain amount of time to read it, yep. and then you have to renew it. and they might not have the one. I mean, the library doesn't have everything. And you might like it and want to refer to it again. Right. And then or you, you might, might have want, bought yeah. Gregory Wilson's book, The Third Sign, and you might you want to... never you know, want to let, let it go. You want to let that go. That's a collector's edition right there. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm arguing against myself. Like, don't buy a book. But, of course, the yeah, point is not to not buy books. You should buy books. The point is the format in which you the buy format. them. The format. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is that people would like to be able to have... The, own books and have them be able to reference back to them. Right. But unless you have, you know, you have them yourself in your apartment, then you don't have them. But this provides another option where you can have them, you have access to it, the click of a button, but then you don't have, the shel- you have more shelf space. Right. And it's not as if you're reading it on a computer, since it's so similar to reading it on a book, you know, a, p- a book page, well, then the experience itself the visual. is, the visual experience is, you know, a better experience in that regard. You don't get to turn regard. the pages. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, that, feel that's Feel the leather bound You know, there are people at the University of Pennsylvania who study the product of the book, and it's all this stuff about, and you ask them, and you're like, oh, about the literature, how it affected the literature, right? And they're like, no, no, really, just, just how the covers look and, and the binding. And I'm like, Really? I, I, that that to me is kind of forgetting what the book is about. The book is about the words inside the pages, folks, not not the pages themselves. But uh, you know, so having said that, I mean, I think this it, for me really replaces ninety nine percent of the paperbacks that you would get. Like a hardcover edition, for example, Gregory Wilson's The Third Sign. A hardcover edition is something which is almost a collector's item. It's designed to stand the test of time. Blah 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 blah. But it's also much more expensive. If you have a book that you want, like Clea will sometimes read books by J D. Robb because she really likes those kinds of books. Those are things which even Clea, I think would admit, you know, are not the kinds of things that she's like, I must go back and read Rob's 15th book of whatever. I don't think it's so much, actually. Those are the kinds of things that getting a paperback, for me, anyway, I feel like I don't think it's so much the hardcover. I I think what might be lost here is that there is an art to deciding the exact cover to catch an eye or yeah. the, the choosing your font and choosing how you want your paper and what kind of paper you want. Sure. The, I mean, and I do, there is a different feel reading different books. I will admit that. And that will be lost. 
in this. Yeah, I guess what some people have done about that, since I don't think ebooks will replace print for a long time, it's like getting a, you know, downloading a song and liking a couple of songs from an album, then you end up buying the entire album. Mm-hmm. In that regard, if you have a chance to read this book and you really like it, then you could theoretically go out and actually buy the hardcover if you really enjoyed it. I mean, yeah, the I, people would say it's it's part of the initial reading of the thing is how it's laid out and the feel yeah, and everything. So, I guess. so for some, it, it, there might be a little bit more time before they want to do this. But again, it's you choosing your priorities. I mean, is, is a subtle aspect of reading, is that subtle aspect of reading worth then having the actual product in your home, therefore not having as much space and right. therefore creating more carbon footprint? Right. You choose what's more important to you. Obviously, for us, the actual text and what it says is more important than the font and maybe the, the stylistic additions, which very much I, I might enhance the reading for sure people, and, and i think even for us there were some like we said some books where we might do that but clea's right on the whole that's not really their thing and so you know i think that you know some bibliophiles will say i don't want to do anything of this kind but i think it's at least worth trying it out and i think the more that the gadget almost gets out of the way and lets you just read you know have the experience of accessing the text itself the better experience you're likely to have and the better feel you're going to get for whether this is something that's right for you so um i think it's worth trying i would point out it is you know like 250 bucks roughly and so it's not cheap yeah but divide but that if, to the cost of a hardback right How exactly much does a hardback cost? Co- a typical hardback will cost between 15 and 25 dollars right, so, so divide 250 by right 20. i mean you would basically so it would be what 15 books roughly it yeah. would be what it would cost and that's the thing you know if you read uh you, this would pay for itself depending on how many books you read i know people who read you know two three and books newspapers a week. and magazines exactly which too. you can also read on this as well yep exactly those those sorts of things also and all um, take up space see so. i think that we should give every hoarder a nook do you think so? Yes. You know what they would do? They would actually max their credit cards and buy lots of nooks. And they would just have the nooks, no. like, you know, off to the ceiling. No, I mean, that, I've been trying to convince one of my clients who's a hoarder to get a nook. I've been really trying to Do you think, that, like, the virtual space would be all crowded and, like, she couldn't find anything in the virtual library? But at least it would be a virtual library. I don't know. I mean, it just... I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. Because it's... Because the biggest thing with hoarders is they is you want to be able to still be able to reference it if ever in the future they need it. That's what this is about. And this would be able to do it. Speaking of which, this also allows you to keep your library. Any book that you buy from Barnes & Noble and so forth can be downloaded again from their store directly. So unless Barnes & Noble goes out of business, not a likely scenario, at least in the near future, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Plus, you can also download a copy since they have uh, Nook Reader for various computers and things like that. And those things then can be saved in a folder which you keep on your computer just if you're extra paranoid about losing the info. Is this similar to the Kindle where there's certain books you can't get on it? Uh, like, can we get your book on this? Yes. Well, if it were available, it's, which it's not. I haven't made the... I haven't put together the third sign as an ebook edition yet because I didn't want to cannibalize hardcover sales. <laughs> but at a certain point in the future, I will. Kindle is proprietary. Nook uses essentially all the formats um, that the main e-reader groups use, including Sony and you know, there's other, Microsoft has an e-reader, things like that. So I don't know if, I guess Amazon Kindle type books might not be able to be read on the Nook. Like a Kindle format book might not be able to be read on the Nook. But Nook, remember, runs on on Android, which is a system that basically allows you to adjust apps. So if you were to, say, adjust your Nook, not that I would know how to do that. I'm not actually being facetious. I do know how to do it, but haven't. But there are ways that you can get around that system, but we can't recommend them or tell you any way of how to find them. We'll just let you know that Google is your friend. So anyway, um, so on the whole, I, I like okay, the so Nook. I mean, I think, I think the Nook is not a perfect device, but I think it's it's good for what it's doing, and they are rapidly coming up with updates. And I think as a system, I think it's better than Kindle, and I think that's important, too. I guess seven, 
Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So we would say a 7 out of 10 for the Nook. Uh, Check it out. And if you've tried this or another e-reader, please let us know on the comment section of the website because we would like to know. Okay, next up on the docket is the Soda Stream. This is the home carbonation system. So you and just uh, cleared out your library or your office of all of its books. And you're thinking, and how do I reduce my else? carbon footprint, Clea, even more? Well, let's go to your kitchen and your pantry. By Greg. getting a carbonator. That's how you reduce your carbon footprint. You have no lugging, no storing, no empty bottles. <laughs> That's right. And it's great value. Enjoy the savings. Enjoy the savings every day. In no way have we been given any free versions of the Soda Stream. No. You can find this that at Soda Stream nice. USA. S-O-D-A-S-T-R-E-A-M-U-S-A dot com. Clea, do you want to explain basically what this is? Uh, just a little machine that you put tap water in one of their bottles. You fit it in there and then they have these carbonators, these CO2 things that it sprays in the CO2 into the water. And then you, they have little flavors and stuff that you could add to make it into soda or you could just create carbonated water. And they have, I think, what, four different versions? Yeah, I think that's right. We have the one that I'm just going to call the penguin. I don't even think that's right, but it looks like a penguin. It is. They call it the penguin. Oh, they call it the penguin? Yeah. Um, and they, okay. the, the website is, is very simple and, and very easy. They have a product overview. They have like a little chart that can help you, you know, choose what you want. Um, I think it's, you can like decide what kind you want depending upon what was most important to you. Anyway, I mean, it's just, it's pretty straightforward, and I think that it's it's just something to think about. If you are someone that likes carbonated beverages, likes seltzer water, if you, you're, you're like us, where you love water, but you get tired of it every once in a while, you want something just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and if you are someone that really drinks soda, but would like to be able to limit maybe a little bit of your soda intake or the amount of sugar in your soda, you'd be able to like to maybe have some kind of control about how much of the liquid, the flavor goes, goes in. And you want to save the amount of space that you use for it, and you want to save the amount of you know cans that you produce and bottles that you produce. This would totally do it because you wouldn't have any of those cans anymore. No more trip to uh, Costco to get huge vats of <laughs> That's right. cans of soda. And this is the kind of thing that they've clearly thought out very carefully. Even the CO2 canister, which fits into the back of the machine, whichever version of it yes. that you get. Right. The CO2, they have a recycling it's program yep. where when you run out of gas, you ship it back to them. And yep. basically, they then send you out new bottles. What it is, is they send you new bottles. Then in the container, they send out the new bottles. And you put in the old bottles and send it back. And then they recycle them. So right. they clearly have a sense you know, of, of what they were doing when they kind of went into this. So we found out about this through a friend of ours who used something like this. And, yeah, I mean, more or less what Clea said is exactly right. This, First of all, they say, well, it gives you control over how much or how little carbonation. That's true. But also, it just allows you to sort of manage your intake. One of the things that we've noticed over the last few weeks is that you now see just sort of everywhere calorie counts on all the menus and things yeah. like that. And Clea and I both agree that that's actually a really good trend. I guess there's some people who are like, oh, my God, it just shows you how many calories. I would much prefer to know, you know, okay, so I'm eating this. Okay, so that's this many calories. And it doesn't mean that I have to calorie count it means that I have a vague sense of what I'm eating and I'm not going to be like, I think I'll have the taco salad at 2,200 calories. And then, you know, it gives you a sense of what you're dealing with. And that I think is what this is about too, giving you the opportunity to put a little flavor into your water, but not 6,000 pounds of sugar the way that most, you know, manufacturers would want you to have. This gives you control over that. And I think that's of benefit. And we drink much more regular water than seltzer water, but it's good to have this. And as much or as little as you drink, it sort of adjusts to your own lifestyle in that sense because it's not like you know you get monthly shipments that are going to keep costing you when you run out of the co2 can then you send it back you know so um and it's also good because you can you can choose how much carbonation you want because some people try to stay away from really highly carbonated beverages because some 
people think that it, it can affect your body to make you retain water a little bit. So, I mean, you really get to, you're creating your own soda. And anyway, so we liked it. We really liked the company and how conscious it was with the recycling of the canisters, even the boxes that they send yep. back and forth. They actually disintegrate in your hands as you take it out of the box. No, that's... And then, and then a plant grows right where, where it drops. Oh, well, that would kind of be cool. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Clay's just like, hmm. <laughs> well, what I, no, what I was thinking about was what I always think about when we think about packages. I think of Amazon sending me a book with uh, yeah. a sheet of paper that with like filled with plastic bubbles. Seriously, Amazon. Thank you for saving the paper. We've reviewed you before, but you guys have had some serious like flubs over the last year. Can you please get your act together? Or we will revisit you, and you do not want a UFR <laughs> review <laughs> revisit. revisit. You do not want that. Okay? You do not want that madness. <laughs> Um, right, but no, down, I think Greg. I think Clea is right that this is a good idea and something which worked for us. And again, if you don't, if you hate soda and seltzer, well, then this isn't for you. But if you like it or would like to be able to have the option to give it to people who like it, then it's nice to have something like this around. Rating seven or eight? Are we gonna, we're going to do all sevens again, aren't we? Well, no, because I'm uh-huh. actually going to I'm going to have a better thing to say about Clea. Yeah, so I'd, I'd say seven makes sense to me. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it, does it take up a little bit of counter space? It's yeah. Kind of. I it mean, does. it's not huge. It really is not huge, no. actually. But it does take up space, and you know. And oh, and it, also no electricity. We should have mentioned that. No, electri- no batteries. No yeah. electricity. No pumping. It's just a press of a button. No, I mean, it really is a great design. Yeah. Uh, All right. Maybe we should give it an 8. All right. So we'll say 8 out of 10 for SodaStream. It does what it says it will do, and that's always a good thing. Cool. Uh, And uh, 8 out of 10. Again, if you have used some of these devices, please let us know. Save the planet. Oh, we have Earth Day. Oh, we should have made this an Earth Day episode, Greg. Okay. Well, we are going to miss, though. Because we've just said, you know, we're... Save the planet by cutting down on books. Save the... But not by cutting down on reading books, but cutting down on, you know, physical books. Right. Save the planet by drinking soda and save the planet by watching a show about a high school glee club. There you go. I totally see it. Um, (laughs) The third thing... But they always say, you know, bringing music into um, the schools... That's right. ...is what, you know, makes people more conscious about other things. So this is us trying to encourage the music appreciation yeah yeah so in that sense which can only enhance the planet that's right so the uh, third thing that we have for you today is as we've been referring to several times now glee and this is the new hit show on fox you can find it new at www marks. it's in the second season second season but you know that means that that's actually only been on for about two months because seasons now <laughs> take two seconds and then yeah. um you can find this at www.fox.com slash glee g-l-e-e I'd like to take over Glee Club. You want to captain the Titanic too? Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world You might laugh because every time I sign my name I put a gold star after it. My gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Just a city boy Glee Club needs guys. Born and raised in South I don't want to be the guy that just drives around throwing eggs at people. That was you? Let your little glee kids have their little club. But don't pretend that any of them are something they're not. And actually, this, you know, this, I had heard vaguely about this, but so only I, in the context of they actually did the pilot episode, I think right after the Super Bowl. I don't remember when. Uh-huh. And then there was a four month gap before the next 
show came out before the next one came out, which was really gutsy on their part. And so they put together this dynamite pilot, and then everyone said, wow, this is amazing. And then, so Clea then had a chance to go back using the magic of TiVo and buy in, you know, a bunch of these episodes that she could watch them. And she said, I think you would like this. Um, and so she's right. Although I hate to recommend people going to Fox for other reasons, but Fox does have some good shows, and Glee is an example of that. Yeah, I mean, this is an instance where they did a lot of things right. I mean, there's they're picking up on a little bit of this high school musical popularity and they went and got a bunch of people that are the quadruple threat and uh, they got a few a bunch of people from broadway and they got a bunch of people that they just kind of found that just diamonds in the rough and uh, they put together a really good cast and they put together a lot of fun songs and good really good production value i think really the only problem is that this is a bit high schoolish, you know. At some of the plots, some of the the plot lines, <laughs> which are, is which makes some logical sense. <laughs> yeah, because it is high school. But I mean, you know, even high school can be done a little bit more sophisticated. But so there are a few plot lines that I found a bit frustrating. Um, I found myself almost just can we just get to where everyone knows everything and okay now now no more yeah this, this stupid. Clea uh, and my mother shared this in that both of them hate the misunderstanding yeah, hate type plot and the the thing about Glee is that it's really kind of a soap opera that's carried out you know obviously in prime time and what i like about glee besides the fact that it's got you know there's a lot of good music in there which is always going to be positive high school musical was sort of intention you know was campy and i don't think they knew that they were being campy Mm -hmm. whereas glee is in many cases brilliantly satirical you know Mm -hmm. part of what it's trying to do is satirize this kind of a show the difference i think and i've made this comment before about other things that are successful is number one you have truly talented people on there whether it's comedians like Sue Sylvester or whether it's people like you know the person from Spring Awakening the lead from Spring Awakening who plays Rachel on the show Michelle and then also they Uh, have her co-star from Spring Awakening is a new character on this season okay so yeah so you know if you look at these these things you you have talent number one and then number two what this show really does well is it not only has good satire associated with it but it hits the sweet spot I think between satirizing something and at yet taking itself seriously when it needs to, yeah. i.e. it's not nasty. And I think that a lot of, and this even happens on Fox, there are some shows on Fox that are not only satirical but nasty. Frankly, this is not a Fox show, but Comedy Central. South Park can be like that. I mean, South Park is funny, but it's also often very mean, very nasty and cruel. And I think that that is off-putting. And it's well, it not just a matter place. of... It has its place, but it's a nasty place. <laughs> um, I'm not going to back down from I that. Think I think everyone South, would agree with that, I Greg. mean, South Park is nasty. Whereas I think something like Lee is not mean and I think as much as it makes fun of in some ways you know these crazy characters because this glee club is formed of a bunch of you know sort of weird the nerds the dropout types you know you've got, a, you've got a kid well but I mean I should mean the outsiders the, the outcasts outsiders. as they see them and yet all of these people together obviously can produce very good music and good art and so there's a point being made about who we choose to value why we value those people why it should matter and a lot of the characters both play in and outside of type like the male lead i shouldn't say the male lead who's the leader of the glee club who's the advisor but the male lead within the club is the star high school quarterback and he's not particularly bright his character isn't played as particularly bright but he's extremely likable he's really well played in that he's a likable kid he's not a bad guy and he's also very talented and that kind of comes through so i think that when you combine talent with satire
where when a show can both reference itself, this is like Terry Pratchett's work, which I've talked about before. Terry Pratchett is a very good fantasy writer who writes books that are both sort of self-referentially satirical, but also moving at times because he takes it seriously as much as he wants to make fun of his own genre. That's, I think, what Glee does very well. Yeah, I mean, too, the, the me. most recent episode did talk about sex in high school and people deciding whether or not to engage in sex for the first time. And it was all very satirically done, but I do think it still made a, a point for an intelligent audience paying attention. Yep. It just just a backtrack of Spring Awakening was a award-winning musical on Broadway. Still is on Broadway. Right. And they were a part of the original cast, uh, the main Lee Michelle, who's on the main lead in, the, in this show. I just wanted to say... And actually, you know, Spring Awakening actually was a kind of teenage rock musical itself. Yep. Um, so it's natural that they picked up on her fitting. She fits with the character. Yep. And this has been an enormous cultural phenomenon, too. You have a group of people called Gleeks yeah. that are the fans of the show. Uh, and I, I often wonder if this isn't like the Colbert show. Like the Colbert show fans, um, a lot of the Colbert show people, I think our friend Russ has said, half of them get it <laughs> that it's a joke and find it hilarious because of how good it is as satire. And then half of them don't get it and think that he's being seriously conservative. And they're like, yeah, that's what I like. I wonder if some of the Glee fans are like that. I wonder yeah, if some of them just think, oh, I think it's so great. It's like High School yeah. Musical. And yeah. then other half is like, do you see what they're saying about these things? Yeah. But I, I think that's obviously the best kind of show is a show that can be sort of observed on multiple levels. And that pilot is dynamite. Just in terms of craft, what it establishes in terms of who is, you know, what's at stake, who is going to be opposed to this club, who is going to be you know the, the heroes and the villains. Very, very well-established, smart stuff, I think, in that pilot. And a lot of the other subsequent episodes, you know, they're not all equally good, but I think a lot of the episodes but Musically, since then, they're all equally good. Musically, they're all equally good. I think a lot of the episodes have really, you know, hit the, you know, have hit the jackpot on that score. Yeah, I have to say, my only concern is I, I don't know, I, I should have looked this up to see whether or not this is the case, but I, I see rumors of there being audition for Glee thing, and I really hope they don't make some kind of reality TV Open show. casting call, there it is. Yeah, I hope that's just casting and not that they're going to make some reality TV show of about that. That would that would annoy me. Yeah, unless they satirize the reality TV show. <laughs> the guy who's the producer of this, by the way, is the producer of Nip Tuck, and he was in a Glee club, apparently, in high school. And I think that that's sort of reflected. Nip Tuck is a similar kind of, has its own sort of satirical edge, bent yeah. and edge as well. But as I say, what I really like about this is that it doesn't have a nasty edge, and I think that's a big, big deal for and me. And I have to say, I also, that it's I think there's a lot of people that don't really know the talent that's on Broadway. But, I mean, this show is not something where they just chose pretty faces. They really did choose brilliant stars from Broadway, people who really can sing. And they they have people who are big names on Broadway who have come on and are doing somewhat permanent roles. And most people probably would have no idea who these people are. But these are huge names on Broadway. And by the way, you know, message to Hollywood and everyone else, just as you discovered about directors, if you bring good directors, even if they haven't done blockbuster films, they will produce good work. Brian Singer, X-Men, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan, Batman 
and begins. That is exactly the same thing here. If you bring talented people, even if they're Broadway talent, you will find that you will be much more successful than if you sign someone who you think is going to be the big blockbuster star. Get the talent first. You'll still get the ratings, but you'll also have a really good quality show. So Mm -hmm. soapbox off. But I just wanted to point that out, that I like the fact there's real talent being expressed here and not just, you know, American Idol stuff. So I like the show a lot. I would give it an eight. I think that, as I say, the show's not perfect, but for what I think it's trying to do and for the way that it handles that balance that I talked about before, I think is very compelling. I I like it. So I see the only difficulty is when all of these people graduate high school of the new people. I see it just, it's tough when you have such a kick-ass first cast. Then they go on cast. to college. Saved by the Bell handled this. Saved oh, by the yeah. Bell the Saved college the years. Died. Saved by the Bell the college years. A miserable, years. horrible That's death. because Screech just couldn't keep getting it. He couldn't get it done. He could not bring home the glory. But that, this time, that is you'll all, have glee in college. That's the only problem that, somewhat, that I can see, is that they're not going to lack for great songs, because a lot of musicians have given them yeah, the right just to offered them the catalogs. totally yeah. play. Yeah. So, so, but I, I do see that as a, Clea, as nothing a, to worry as a about. fear. You got this then you got college, then you got graduate school. Maybe a couple of them sort of, you know, f- fall behind. Maybe they do like, you know, study abroad for a year. This could go on for seven years. We could be oh, seven years from now about this. But I, I would right. say an eight out of ten. Woody, what's your what's your take? Yeah, an eight. Okay. So I would say an eight out of ten for Glee. Very good stuff. Worth your while to check out. And I believe right now it is running on Tuesdays, although given Fox's way of doing things, Tuesday, Encore Friday, special something. Thir- so you know what? Look it up. Because <laughs> because I have no idea from week to it's week what Tuesday they're going to do. But I think it's supposed to be Tuesday. It's Tuesday night. Um, Nine, well worth your while to check out. And uh, again, if you have some thoughts about it, please let us know in the comment section. Cool. Alright, that's going to do it for us for this week. Thanks very much for listening in as always. Happy please Earth continue. Day. Happy Earth Day. Please continue to send in suggestions for reviews, comments, feedback, and things like that. We very much appreciate it, and we will see you guys soon. I I figured out the tie-in. Instead of going out and buying the songs, Mm -hmm. you just watch Glee, and you'll get to see a medley of songs. So there you're also saving carbon footprint of CDs. By... You, you realize that I play in a band, right? Oh, God. You know, I, I don't see how saving the carbon footprint <laughs> Happy Earth Day, of except books. for Greg's stuff. <laughs> Craig, I'm afraid you're not going to make it as a band Darn or an it. author because I we have to be save successful. I'm part of the Earth. <laughs> Upon further review, I'm Greg. I'm Cleo. See ya. The proceeding was a presentation of Upon Further Review, hosted at www.furtherreview.net. As usual, all rights are reserved. If you liked what you heard, please vote for us at podcastalley.com, vitalpodcast.com, and add us to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com. You can leave us a comment at www.furtherreview.net, drop us a line at upon at furtherreview.net, or give us a phone call or send a fax to 206-339-UFR1. That's 206-339-8371. And lastly... Don't be afraid to express your opinions. We know you have them. Let them out. Feel the power. Or you could just blindly accept whatever we tell you is fact. That'll work.
was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.